Good evening and welcome to episode 297 of the JazzNet podcast. I'm John McCallum, I'm your host tonight. Um, JazzNet podcast is the independent Rangers podcast made by fans for fans, uh, where the content is all free. Uh, now, it's not just a podcast we have here at JazzNet. Uh, we have a forum, we have articles, there are social media, it's a great history archive. Uh, if you enjoy tonight's pod or if you enjoy the pod in general, uh, we would encourage you to subscribe uh, and share on social media if you wouldn't mind putting the word out there. That's how we make all our money um, from advertising on social media and on YouTube. Um, uh, that's, what's, that's what's keeping us in the lifestyle we've become accustomed to. Now, before I move on to speak to our guests to talk about today's victory, I just need to have a quick chat with you about our sponsor, who is Forest Precision Engineering. Um, if you're a regular on Joyersnet, you've probably heard us talk about them before. They are a Glasgow-based subcontract engineering company, and they've been a big commercial sponsor of Rangers for, for many, many years. And we're delighted that they are backing our pod. Um, if you'd like to know more about Forest Precision Engineering, have a look at their website, which is forestprecisioneng.com. Um, and, and if precision engineering is not what you need in your life just now, um, perhaps you would be more interested in the Forest Precision Executive Lounge, um, which is a hospitality area within the main stand uh, and is available to book. Um, and uh, if you'd like to know more about, about that, then contact the club uh, at hospitality at rangers.co.uk. So again, thanks to Precision Engineering. Um, I'm joined tonight by uh, a couple of well-kent faces. Uh, it, it's, it's got we've gone old school on Jersnet um, tonight, I think, uh, bringing in all the um, the established faces for, for the big games. For the big games, they, they bring in you too. Um, so uh, it, it seems um, apt that uh, on a week where we have been talking about fireworks and flares, uh, we've got three rockets on Jersnet tonight. Uh, I'm joined by, um, I'm joined of course by, <coughs> pardon me, by David Fraser and Ross Bennett. Good, good evening, gentlemen. Um, David, no Pollock yesterday. Well, how did you spend your Saturday? I went to Home Park, John, to watch Clank ah, against. I was at Home Park yesterday as well. To see uh, what like bees are going to be. So I was over your neck of the woods, a rough neck of the woods. Yeah, well, you, 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 you were in exactly my neck of the woods because I went to Home Park with my son yesterday and, and right. they watched Clybank demolish bees. Aye, aye, um, so the the, the Arthurly game's been rearranged because they're mm-hmm. in cup duty next week. So it was quite uh, fortuitous to see be uh, ahead of next week's game at Newlandfield, but less about Paul and more about Rangers. So I want to want to celebrate a, a League Cup final berth, securing victory today. Absolutely, uh, Ross. Uh, it's good to see you again. Uh, I don't think I've seen you since you uh, became betrothed in the summer. How's married life treating you? Uh, and life nicely. in general? Yeah, no, it's all good. Um, I, I can't say married life is much different to engaged life, but um, I've got a wee bit of shiny metal on my hand now, which I've taken a few weeks to get used to. But no, everything's... Is that uh, tag? Ex- it's exactly that. It's my, my sort of warning flag. Your electronic any... tag. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, look, everything's, everything's much rosier today than it was, say, four or five weeks ago, certainly. It certainly is. Yeah, it certainly is. Yesterday was the anniversary of uh, a couple of very famous dates um, for Rangers supporters of, of, of a certain age. Um, it was the anniversary of a victory over Leeds um, at Ellen Road in the first ever Champions League, um, qualified for the first ever Champions League. And it was also the first, and it was also not the first, the anniversary of a 1-0 victory over Celtic at Ibrox in the league where a, a certain Mo Johnston scored the winner in the 88th minute uh, or something like that. Um, two important games in Rangers history for different reasons. I, I think we'll look back um, in, in years to come uh, today and wonder if perhaps today was the day that the, the Clement era started for real. Um, David, let me come to you first. Uh, let's talk about the game. Two changes from Wednesday with right by Cantwell and Barisic. Um, Also, Balogun and Lammers both retained uh, their starting places. What were your thoughts when you saw that team line up? Were you surprised by those two keeping their places and and the other two dropping them? Or did you kind of think this is is the way that Clement's going just now? Uh, Well, I wasn't surprised that... um 
at Balogun and Lammers keeping their, their place in the side, um, John. So I, he's, he obviously he's trying to give Sam Lammers a, uh, a shot in the arm in terms of his confidence. He obviously scored a, a smashing goal at Denzel the night. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him keep his place. Same with Liam Balogun. Liam came in on Wednesday night and, and looked to part. Uh, would I be slightly surprised that Yilmaz dropping to the uh, dropping out in favour of Bona Barisic again? Probably not. Um, Bona's no. The, the, Bona divides opinion as does does Radovan. Um, but I think he's, he's he's went with the experienced head, and he was obviously cognizant of the fact that um, the ball get knocked over Radvan's head for Lawrence Shanklin's cushioned header last weekend. So um, yeah. It, Todd Cantwell again. He's 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 coming back to fitness, so there was no real surprise in the starting lineup. And obviously, um, uh, seeing Danilo retain his place was obviously instrumental in how we, we, we tend to play um, under Philip. So yeah, aye, no no real surprises. And glad that the the starting lineup um, established early uh, authority within the game. Yeah, absolutely. It's a wee bit surprised at Balogun. I thought um, I thought Davies would come back in. I just assumed. They weren't risking Davies the other night and, and that he'd be fit and I thought he'd come back in. But to be fair, Balogun had a good game against Dundee and he showed us something that perhaps um, we've been missing in terms of a certain half stepping out and, uh, and moving forward. So um, perhaps not a huge surprise um, that he kept his place. Um, David, talking about the... Uh, sorry, David Ross. Uh, talking about people who, who kept their place. Um, although he didn't score today, uh, Danilo... Uh, his his presence up front, I feel, really changes our style of play. Um, we now have a forward who can hold the ball up, who can lay it off, who can take it in a tight space. Uh, he's also got wonderful movement, uh, which is is something that that you know, Dessers just doesn't have. Um, he, he does not have that. He was fouled for the penalty. He assisted for the second, and really, he was involved. I think in in everything good that we did in an attacking sense today. Um, he he scored on Wednesday. He scored the winner, of course, last Saturday uh, um, thing. Uh, you know, we've been critical of, and I think rightly critical, of the club's summer transfer business um, in Jersnet. Um, but might Danilo prove to be the best bit of business yet? Yeah, very possibly. I think, um, first and foremost, he did really well to win that penalty today. He had to be sharp. He was on his toes. Um, he nipped in to a potentially dangerous situation because he could have been really clattered by the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper, I thought, was um, clumsy in taking him out. But he, you know, I think actually a, a lot of credit has to go to Danilo for for getting there first and winning the ball and, and winning the penalty. What I like about Danilo, all of those attributes you listed there, he holds the ball up. He's good on the ball. He's good off the ball. He has an eye for goal, and he's. You know, I, I think he's he's probably about a goal every other game now. Um, didn't score today, but as you say, assisted. But aside from all of that, I actually really like his attitude. Now, obviously, he, he took a nasty injury scoring up at Ross County. He's come back, and um, he doesn't seem to have lost any confidence. Isn't actually seems to have gained in confidence. It was a slow start, um, and he was probably lumped in with Lammers and Dessers by a lot of Rangers fans, probably myself included, in terms of our assessment of him. And it was it was probably one where we made a, a very, very quick judgment and, and arguably a little, a little overly critical. But he's scoring goals. He's setting up goals. His attitude is, is it seems to be fantastic. I mean, the, the cameras picked him up today after the game, sort of singing along to his own song in front of the Union Bears. I was up at the game... Uh, against Hibs, Clement's first game, and um, he was the last one off the pitch. You know, he, he's he's really sort of enjoying. I think the the fact that he's got a song, the fact that the fans seem to like him, um, it just seems that he's kind of buying into it. And I think for for Rangers fans, that goes a long way. You know, we were all um, absolutely charmed by Fashion Sakala, despite his lack of ability. Um, Danilo seems to have a similar quality. Ross, controversial. <laughs> but Danilo seems to have a similar quality in terms of he's endearing himself to the fan base, and yet I, I think he's an upgrade. I think he's an upgrade on 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 what we had. So 
yeah, he's, he looking at his pedigree, you know, he he had a handful of cap appearances for Ajax, um, did well at Feyenoord, so he's he's got a good pedigree. He's, he's you can see now kind of why there was such a high outlay on him, and uh, I, I think there's reasons to be optimistic. And not only it's interesting you mentioned Sakala because I was thinking that too because he plays with a smile on his face. Um, which is something that um, not, you haven't seen much of around Ibrox this season. But he plays with a smile on his face. But also, I've noticed post-game, he's also big on God. Um, and again, that's been missing since the Kala left. Um, so so maybe a bit of divine intervention uh, is helping the team as well. Danilo has brought that back to us. So fingers crossed. So listen, sticking with Danilo, David, um, our first goal um, was, it was obviously it was a... a a slack back pass, back header. Um, but, you know, he, he anticipated that uh, and he was on it in a flash. And again, that, that, that speed over, over a short distance um, proved vital. Um, and as Ross said, um, you know, it was, it was actually quite brave. Um, you know, you, there's been a bit of talk. Um, Michael Stewart, <laughs> how he keeps getting employed is beyond me but Michael Stewart seemed to think perhaps it wasn't a penalty well, what was your take on uh, on the first goal? No, I think it's a penalty I think it's it's, it's one of those ones where as a striker you know with the angle or the trajectory of the ball you know if, if you nip in front of the goalkeeper uh, if the goalkeeper's committed if you get there first you know there's every chance you're going to get wiped out and the, the ref's got no option but to, to point to the spot so he, he was as Ross mentioned he was sharp um, I, I like his, his liveliness you know he, he looks he wants to be involved he, he seems to be eager to be you know uh, to, to take part in the game and I think that's that's one of the big strings to his bow certainly uh, from a uh, an early uh, appraisal of his abilities within the team. So, no, I don't think there's, there's too much to buy to. And I, I don't think you've seen too much um, remonstrations for the Hearts players uh, with Nick Walsh just to, to whether it was, a, it was a penalty kick. And obviously, uh, our pal uh, Willie Collum in the, the VAR box uh, deemed that, you know, was it, were there any kind of prolonged and protracted uh, waiting about until the, the, the kick was actually taken? So, yeah, no, I think I think as you said there, David, the 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 reaction of the Hearts defenders and, and the Hearts goalkeeper told you everything you needed to know. Uh, it, it was it was poor from Hearts. It was poor goalkeeping. It was it was poor defending. But you still have to anticipate that. You still have to get yourself there and, and you get your foot to the ball before the goalkeeper comes out. And then Tav still has to put away the penalty. And and it was it was pretty calm. It was it was pretty cool. Um, it was a pressure penalty. It's the cup semi-final. We'd been knocking on the door all first half and nothing to come of it. And um, he probably doesn't get enough credit for putting that one away. Uh, I, I, you know, as our co-commentator said during the match, penalties don't count apparently for right backs if they score them. Um, you, you don't count them. So um, you know, maybe maybe we should do that. Even the most biased co-commentator Ross couldn't have found fault with our second goal. Um, now I'm gonna digress slightly I imagine more than a few eyebrows were raised at half time when Scott Wright came out instead of, of Cantwell I, I know they were in, in my house um, Cantwell had picked up the booking um, I, I thought he'd been playing okay um, you know I think he'd been he'd been huffing and puffing a little bit but he'd been playing okay but you know the team had been playing okay we just we just we just couldn't find the back of the net um, but uh, he came on and he, he he looked good and he took his goal really well really well um and i think most of us thought that his time at rangers was coming to had come to an end in the summer i mean he pretty much you know had was certainly reported that he was off to turkey i think and, and it looked like he was going to be signing there um but certainly i think most of us didn't think he had much of a future at rangers um it, that that seems to have changed in 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 the recent times it's funny what happens when a new manager comes in um what do you think does, does, does scott wright have a future at rangers uh, yeah, I think he does. Uh, I don't think he has a, a future as a starter. He's a squad player. He's an impact sub. He's consistently better off the bench than he is starting. Um, I, I, he seems to love Hampton because I think that's his first yeah. goal since the Scottish Cup final. Um, <laughs> with uh, Both of which were really nicely taken goals. I mean, uh, he, he's not a goal scorer, really. He's, he's, he said in his post-match interview that he... Um, 
he was brought on to try and bring some creativity. And that's that's exactly what a Scott Wright does. Um, you don't bank on him to score a lot of goals, but you do bank on him to run at defences, try something a bit different. Um, and he's a very different player to Todd Cantwell. Um, I wasn't too surprised to see Cantwell go off. I think, you know, there's, there's a combination of factors. The yellow card, he's coming back from injury. Um, and we've got a pretty big game on Thursday that, that we probably want people to be fresh for. So I think a combination of those three things, I could see why he would go off at, at halftime. Um, I've seen there's now articles in the paper about how angry or unhappy Todd Cantwell was at being taken off. Um, so, you know, we won a game today because those kinds of articles are appearing. <laughs> um, it's, I, 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 don't, I don't think Scott Wright is the best player we have. Um, I, he's certainly not uh, going to go down. That's, 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 that's that kind of astute observation that brings you back onto the pod, <laughs> Rose. Scott, Scott Wright is not our best player. Scott Wright is not <laughs> going to go down as a Rangers legend. However, I think in the summer, I suspect he probably had a decision to make. Is it? Do I want? I don't know what, what team it was out in Turkey, but say it was a, you know, a, a mid-table Turkish side. I, I don't think it was Galatasaray or Fenerbahce or Besiktas. So, you can, do I want to go to a mid-table Turkish side, or do I want to stay in Scotland? I presume he's on good money, um, near to his family, comfortable life, chance of winning silverware every season. I can see why he would turn down going to Turkey. Quite frankly. Um, look, it, it wouldn't surprise me if he's if he ends up at a Hearts in a couple of years' time. But I think there's a place for him, um, and I think he I think he showed that today. I think when you are consistently coming up against negative, stuffy teams, I include Hearts in that, by the way, because I don't think they had a clue how to win that game today. Yeah. Um, you need to have options of players that can come on and 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 change the game, uh, and and that's that's what I think he is. He. In our last couple of visits to Hamden, he's proved himself to be very, very valuable. So um, I'd, I'd be happy to keep him around. One thing, though, when, when you score as infrequently as, as Scott Wright does, you'd think he would have worked on some of his, his goal-scoring celebrations. Um, I mean, today was just a straight rip-off of Roof and Arfields. And, you know, you know, you're looking for more creativity in that front from him, I think, don't you? Uh, and I think he just picked the Arfield stuff to annoy you. I think, frankly, yeah. I think that was just to remind you of Arfield and, and I, I think he was personally having a wee dig. Yes, that's that's fine. Um, what I would say in response is he's clearly not that bright because he can't think of his own celebration. <laughs> but I don't I don't need him to be bright if he's, you know, again, he, he scored a, a fantastic goal today that put the game to bed, really. As soon as that second went in, you knew we were we were through to the final. So, um, he can he can rip off whoever's celebrations he wants to. He can he can do the uh, oh, the John Claude Darcheville big cheesy grin and salute. He can he can do whatever he likes. I don't care. Just um, keep well, scoring goals at Hamden. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw uh, I saw Steve Wright was uh, Steve Wright Steve Clark <laughs> Steve Wright was there as well probably. But Steve Clark was in the crowd today. Um, do you think Wright's an outside chance to get in the Scotland squad? No. <laughs> Uh, I'd say that no, I don't. I don't think so. I think um, I think Steve Clark has his favourites, and I don't think much will much will change that. And um, I'm I'm no fan of Steve Clark, but what he's doing is working for the national team. So I don't I don't see the need for him to change it. Um, I I don't think a dynamic, attacking, creative winger is what Steve Clark wants or needs. I don't see how he fits into a side of of his. So I'd be I'd be very surprised. There you go. Um, David, um, apparently Scott Wright isn't one of Rangers' best players, but, but let's look at one, somebody who is potentially one of Rangers' best players. Um, Tavernier's free kick for the third was, was a thing of beauty. Um, and I think the biggest compliment that I can pay him, David, is that it wasn't really a surprise. Uh, you, you know, we know just how good he is at, at dead balls. Uh, every team in the league know how good he, he can be from, from dead balls. Um, Tav still, mysteriously for me, Tav still, Tav still gets quite a bit of criticism from, from some people. Um, and, and not just opposition, but not just Michael Stewart, um, but from our own supporters. Um, where do you sit on the on the Tav side of things and where do you think he comes in the the, the, the pantheon of, of Rangers greats. 
Uh, I thought I'd figure out the answer, John. Um, well, that's why you're here, David. And we've, got, uh, we've got 40 minutes still to go. Right. Well, I'll try and be... I'll try and be succinct. Uh, no, 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 no. Take as much time as you want. Right, okay. Uh, James Tavernier um, obviously divides opinion uh, still to this day, and I think he will until he, he leaves Rangers, to be honest, John. Um, yes, where he stands, and to use your word, the, the pantheon of Rangers greats, assuming we, we do bracket him in the greats, uh, section, um, which I'm not entirely convinced that I, I do. Uh, however, I do categorise him as a Rangers stalwart due to his length of service and his, his um, how should I put it, his consistency of performance and his intrinsic value to the teams that he's been a member of. Um, because let's face it, he's, he's, he has been basically a, a physical machine for the better part of six, seven years. Um, he obviously, that that's, that season where he suffered a, a knee injury up at Tannadice, I seem to recall, which, which uh, truncated his season. But um, to score the number of goals that he's done um, for a right back, regardless of whether you know, a lot of them are penalties or not, um, you still got to you've still got to stand up and take them and you've still got to score them. So, yeah, I think... They still count for exactly the same amount. Exactly. So, I think that the the big thing that legislates against James Tavernier being regarded as a bona fide Rangers great is is obviously due to the lack of silverware that he's he's lifted um, as a player or, you know, as the Rangers captain. Hopefully that may change in the coming season Um, because I think his dedication... Uh, merit's been been talked about as been as one of the the better Rangers players of the last twenty years, uh, and obviously there's a lot of competition for that. As far you know, more storied players in Rangers history, even recent history, um, that would compete with that in the eyes of a lot of supporters. But I think that you know, certainly, I mean, I'll speak for for myself and, and probably yourself joining in so far as you know, there's a new there's a new generation of Rangers supporters that, that don't necessarily asso- associate uh, the players that, that we've seen in our time and Andrew Lossies is um, so to a lot of Rangers supporters James Tavernier um, in many respects uh, would tend to, to, to be you know uppermost in, in people's minds when, when regarding themselves as you know as good or great Rangers players. So I think he deserves some merit in, in being in that discussion. And if he lifts more silverware, I think uh, his goals record allied to his amount of, of appearances would have him in the conversation. Obviously again I'm repeating myself here, the lack of silverware that he's that he's that, that hasn't come in his way obviously legislates against him. Is it is that a fair thing to, to hold against them uh, I'm, I'm on the fence about that um, because obviously you know to be considered a, a Rangers great you've got to win things and you've got to be you've got to be known as a serial winner so um, earlier this season I've seen elements he's play where I, I, I thought that it might have been time to maybe phase him out in terms of being the, the, the starting right back so the last couple of games you know how much you can read into a result you know, uh, against Indy at Dens and today at Hamden. I think that some of the, the ring rustiness that, that appears to have been shown from his game, I don't know if you guys necessarily agree or the listeners necessarily agree, but you know, he looked as though he'd maybe lost a yard of pace. Um, the last couple of games I've seen him, the sharpness return, and I think that, that you could, I think it's several players falling in that category. So, I look to get back to, to what you asked me. I think James Tavernier is is a solid Rangers player. He deserves respect. Um, I leave the, the, the kind of captaincy merits argument to one side. I just purely based has you know to use modern parlance his numbers. I think James deserves a, a, a fair amount of respect for, for the Rangers family in terms of where he stands and in terms of being a, a club stalwart. Yeah, and I think you put it very well there, David. Ultimately, Rangers greats are judged on a number of factors, but one of them is silverware. One of them is the medals they've won, and the winners' medals. And um, and that's the 
that's the area in, in Tav's Rangers career that, that isn't as strong as as you know a number of others. Um, so how history will judge him, we'll see. And, and you know, he's still got a few seasons to um, put a few more medals in there. Um, and I, I remember having a conversation with somebody a year or two ago now, and and they were talking about John Gregg, who I think most Rangers Rangers fans see as, if not the certainly within you know the top two or three Rangers players of all time. Um, but they pointed out that Greg was at the club where Celtic won the nine in a row. Greg was at the club where Rangers were, were, were not winning leagues, you know, going long stretches out winning leagues, not winning a great deal, struggling a bit. Um, and uh, he then came through that and, and, and captained us to two trebles. So, um, you know, I, I, you know it, was a, it was a nasty question because ultimately Tavernier will be, will be judged when he leaves Rangers. Um, and you'll look, we'll look back. And I, I think personally, I don't think we'll, we'll genuinely see his value until he leaves. Uh, I think it's I think we've... To say, sorry, no, 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 Maybe a, a way to, to kind of sum it up will would be a straw poll amongst the support about whether he deserves a, a testimonial or not. Because, I mean, he's contracted, I think I'm right in saying, to 2026, you know, which would take him up to... That would be 10 years. Oh, it'd take him past the decade, Mark. So, but, you know, assuming that he sees out his contract and he's, he's still a valued member of the squad, not necessarily the, the start of living, you know, in, in the latter part of his, his contract, you know, it may, it may well be, but I know it might take back. I, I don't know. Um, I'd like to think not, given his, his age. But having said that, if, if, if he does hang about and he is still positioning numbers, if, if, you know, the vast majority of a range of supporters, um, we tend to think that he, he, agree, he, he deserves a testimonial. Then I think that speaks volumes about his, his standing in the eyes of the, you know, the, the, the support. Yeah, um, and it was an interesting moment today where, when he was lining up for the free kick, when he literally walked up to go and, and like positioned him and said, "Right, stand there, <laughs> duck when I hit it," you know, and and then he and and, and I actually I watched it with my son and I actually said to myself, "I think Bass is going to hit this. I think that's just a." A ruse to, to throw the hearts um, players, and of course it wasn't, and 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 he did exactly what he said he was going to do, and still hearts couldn't stop it, um, and, and it was a, it was as sweetly hit a free kick as you'll see, um, and a, 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 you know a goal I think that capped off a great performance. Um, Ross um, today um, is is that um, one day of the year where we can uh, celebrate the foiling of a papish plot um, and um, and do it without anyone criticising us. Um, bonfire night, Guy Fox, all of that. Um, today, we, we we got a penalty given against us. And as everybody knows, Rangers don't get penalties given against us. Um, that's in the rules. Um, Rangers have gone, what is it, 54 years or something without a penalty being given against us, according to, to some people online. Um, and of course, the referee today didn't give it, and then VAR overturned it um, and awarded Hearts a penalty. Um, what, what did you, what was your take on that? And, and, and uh, did, did the officials get the big decisions right? Um, and and uh, now we've had VAR for it's pretty much twelve months. Um, now, what's your take on things on that front? Uh, there's there's a bit to unpack with it today. I mean, the, did the officials get the big decisions right? There weren't that many big decisions. Um, I, I, it's quite a good natured game. I thought yeah. they got a lot more niggle in the game today. Do you know, I felt it, I, I agree until about eighty minutes, and then I felt something changed in Hearts, and they just Do you know what became, changed? Devlin, come on. Yeah, I, I actually said, uh, my wife was in the room, she wasn't really watching the game, but I was, he's always been a dirty bastard, him. Because as, as soon as he came on, he did, it, <laughs> it, it's almost like he can't help himself. And I remember uh, a bit of talk about us trying to sign him about a year ago, or would he be would he be good for us? And he's just a horrible wee player, and he always seems to get booked against us. And um, So I thought it was a good-natured game up until about 10 minutes to go, and then, yeah, they they seemed to lose a bit of discipline and, and yellow cards started flying around. Um, other decisions that I can remember, I think Todd Cantwell's booking was a, a bit harsh. Um, I think the, the 
their the Hearts player kind of bought that a bit with the reaction. I, I don't think it was a yellow card. I, I don't have an issue with being a foul, but that's that's minor in the grand scheme of things. Our penalty, uh, despite what Marvin Bartley says, it, it was a clear penalty. Uh, there's should the, should the goalie have gone off for their penalty? This is where you'll show up my lack of knowledge of the rules. Yeah, but I would <laughs> I would have thought. If we're sort of putting a common sense hat on, no. I mean, we were running away from goal. Uh, yeah. I think the ball was probably running out anyway. Um, I suspect the goalie can show that he was making a genuine attempt to play the ball. I think that's the criteria at the moment. So, no, I, I, I don't think he needed to go. Um, their penalty, it's an odd one. Do you know, I actually still don't think there's been a good camera angle of it that, that decisively shows if there was contact or where, where the contact was and how much contact there was. Uh, it always seems a bit grainy or you see, I, I couldn't quite tell. Um, let's say that there was contact, uh, then it it probably, you, you can't argue with it being a foul. And if it's a foul anywhere on the pitch, it's a foul on the box and it's a penalty, that's fine. It's It seems to be the softest of soft. Uh, but... What frustrates me is that I thought, and again, someone please correct me if I'm wrong, I thought the criteria for VAR intervening on fouls was clear and obvious error. And it's again, it's another one that we look at and and we can debate this several hours after the game's ended as to whether that should or should not have been a foul. Then by definition, that is not clear or obvious. It's the same with the, the goal in the old firm earlier in the season that was completely wrongly chalked off. That was not a clear and obvious error. And if it's not a clear and obvious error, I, I thought, uh, I may be wrong, but I thought VAR was only supposed to get involved if it's clear and obvious. So we have fallen now into the territory that everyone was afraid of, which is that the game is being re-refereed because every decision is being looked at by VAR, regardless of clear and obvious. So that seems to me to be uh, kind of where it's going wrong. Um I don't, obviously, we can be able, a bit more flippant about it today because it didn't impact the game. That was yeah. the only way they were ever going to score. And and that's all well and good. And if there was contact, you can see why it would be a foul. You can see why it would be a, a penalty, albeit a soft penalty, and that's fine. But it seems to me that we are missing the remit that VAR was brought in to, to actually carry out. And that's what I think causes a lot of the frustration. We, we weren't supposed to have it to re-referee games. We were only supposed to have it to clear up the really bad stuff and that the referee was still meant to be the referee. And and we've gotten away from that a little bit. So, let's, I suspect, again, it's, I suspect from the penalty, if the ref had simply waved play on, if he just simply said no penalty, then VAR wouldn't have intervened. But I think it was because he, he, he booked the guy sending him off that VAR probably looked at that and said there's a clear and obvious error. Because I, I, I don't... I, I don't think the lad yeah. dived, which is what he was getting booked for. I don't think he did that. Um, yeah. So uh, I suspect that's where it was. Um, D- David, I wasn't going to ask you this, but I'm, I'll ask you now. We've had 12 months of VAR. Are, are, are you in the love it or hate it um, camp? How long you got? <laughs> 25 uh, minutes. <laughs> um, uh, like Ross, I, I, I think it's, it's, it's Ross sums up pretty nearly. I think the you know, it's, it was supposed to be brought in um, to clear up clear and obvious errors by the officials, and it's not been. That's not how it's been rolled out. Um, there's obviously there's been a lot of noise surrounding it, um, a lot of uh, mistrust about the motivations behind its introduction. I think um, not just amongst supporters, but also amongst the media, um, and. It, where I'm coming from there is progressing slightly. It's the, the game is 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 totally changing, right? Before our very eyes, when you see now that it's it's commonplace that eight nine minutes of added time gets added to games. You know, it's 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 almost like it's like NFL creep almost to some games. Um, and VAR, VAR's just another part of that. I, I, I seem to recall um, during the, the, the Russia World Cup that how that 
um, was like almost like a test run for the USFR, and it seemed that that seemed like a breath of fresh air at the time. I think um, how we're obviously a bit late to the party, but now we've, we've, we've got it. Clubs have obviously incurred the, the, the cost to, to install it and, and have it running. Um, has the game been improved? I mean, Ross um, cited there the, the, the Dessers um, incident in the, the game at Ibrox where Ruth's goal was, was incorrectly chalked off. And, you know, it wasn't a clear and obvious error to Don Robertson. I mean, Don Robertson lets everyone, especially if they're, they're playing against Rangers, kick everyone above grass level. And <laughs> He seemed to get involved there at the behest. I think it was, uh, I think it may have been Nick Walsh actually that was in the, the bar room that day or at uh, Andy Dallas. So, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'd like to, to my, put my progressive hat on, John. Um, I'd like to think that its introduction might be for the greater good. Um, is obviously the, the money that's involved in the, the game these days, even, even at Scottish level, you know, you know a relative pittance in the, in the grand scheme when you, you talk about the top, top level. Um, if the controversy that surrounds it lessens over time, which doesn't look as if it's going to, you know, necessarily be the case going forward, certainly in the short term, if that lessens over time, then I think it may well turn out to be a good thing. But I think the, the fact that we are still discussing the merits of its introduction tells a story. And uh, I think that's, that's, that's probably the best way to sum it up. I think, I think we'll be talking about it, um, if not to the cows come home, but I think we'll be talking about it until its, it's, um, its application is, is and the, the consistency of that application is ironed out. And I think we're somewhere short of that, certainly, certainly here. And looking down the road at some of the, 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 the crazy decisions that we've seen in the last few weeks down, down by, and they, they, they've, they've made a lot of noise in the media about uh, about its suspect application, and I think as long as we see stuff like that, then it'll always be a talking point. Yeah. I hate VAR, I'll be honest with you. I've, I still hate it. I'd get rid of it tomorrow, but I'm not in charge. Um, We've, we've, we've gone down to talking about things I hate when, it, when it's been such a nice day, so let me go back again. Uh, when I was reading, writing my notes for, for tonight's pod, David, believe it or not, I, I write notes for this. I know it, that will come as a surprise on its own. But um, I was looking back uh, at one of the last times I was on, which was actually just the September weekend, um, end of September in, in Glasgow, um, and our mood was very different that night. Um, we'd certain players being booed by the support, the team were being booed by the support with no discernible shape to our, to our team uh, our style of play was was a, was a challenge to understand and, and we were we were really a chore to watch David and that, uh, you know, I, I think it was Ross that said at the start, it might have been yourself you know, that was pretty recently I mean, that was the September weekend, that was like four, five, six weeks ago um what has Clement done to bring about this change in a, in a relatively short space of time? Um, you know, the first couple, I mean, the game against Sparta Prague away, Sparta Prague hammered us for, you know, 50 minutes, 55 minutes, 60 minutes or so. And then we came into the game and actually we finished quite strongly. But, you know, we could have been two or three down in that game. So, um, uh, you know, I just kind of looked at it and thought, you know what, he's got the same players. He's not going to be able to do anything with these guys. And, you know, he's going to wait to get to January. Maybe get, you know, guys like Lawrence back fit again. Um, even Danilo at that point, pretty much written off as being a dud. Um, I wasn't feeling him coming back was going to make a massive difference to us. Um, but, um, you know, he, he has made a change. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, the last couple of games, it's become quite clear that we have a very different style of play. Um, do you think that this is just simply new manager bounce, a new voice coming into the changing room, somebody new shouting at them, players all getting a, a, a fright and, and trying to impress? Or do you think he is capable of turning this side into, into serial winners, David? Well, to say, John, I think... The, the early signs have been encouraging. I, I don't think I'd be alone in, in saying that. I think it's well, it's pretty glaring that they're obviously they're passing the ball forward more quickly. 
you know, yeah. the, the speed of the play has, has increased. You know, I think it's glaring. Um, but that wouldn't be hard. I mean, it, it was quite, you know, <laughs> the, the, the lethargic, you know, Rolando's to move up the park, move the opposition about the park under McBeal was was pretty turgid at the, at the end. It really was. Yeah. So um, I look. I, I I think he's he's, he's simplified the message. There seems to be a clarity of message to the players. Now, I, I, I made reference here with discussing Tavernier. I think he, he seen today how much sharper Conor Goldson looked. Uh, it, uh, he, he seems to there's, there's kind of like a lethargy has been lifted. Now, obviously he's come in in not so many words. He's, he's alluded to the fact that he, he obviously questioned the, the fitness levels of the, the squad. Um, now that's obviously going to be difficult to to try and improve. Um, over the course of the season, can, can it be can it be um, enhanced? Or the, the likelihood of that coming about in the shorter term be enhanced with um, better training drills? Yeah, of course it can. And I think I think Just he's on that point, David. Sorry, uh, Carl, on that point because he has chosen these words carefully mm-hmm. and. You know, he's tried not to just make an outright criticism of what, what he inherited whilst making an outright criticism of what he inherited. Um, but what I wasn't entirely sure, and I'd be interested in your take on this, was his criticism about the fitness being that the, how many players had knocks and, and were carrying injuries and the length of time was changing load injuries, or was it more to do with the, the conditioning and level of fitness of players, or are those two things actually combined anyway? Um, and I'm wrong to, to try and differentiate between them. What, what was your take on that? Well, I, I think that they, they go, that goes hand in glove. Yeah. Joins. I think if if you don't have the necessary platform of conditioning, then you're going to be you're going to be more susceptible to niggles. I mean, it's, it stands to reason. If you, if, if I mean, I go I go jogging. If I don't stretch off, especially age, I'm a, you know I when I come back from a you know, my two mile run, you know, I'm gonna feel it. You're just showing off now, David. Come on. <laughs> well, but that's all right. but aye, look, it stands to reason. I think he's, he's come in and he's seen leaving aside the fact you know whether you know Michael Beale's obviously a, a certain philosophy which obviously differs from his, you know, to varying degrees. Um so but you, you do need to have that physical base. Now um I, I've been quite encouraged by Certainly, the last week. I mean, the the, the, the biggest compliment I can pay him uh, is that there's there's a game on game improvement. Yeah, you know, that that's quite marked uh, to, to my mind. To my mind, anyway, and everyone is con- contributing. I mean, Ross discussed Scott Wright at, at length. Um, Scott Wright's c- contributing, you know, and and. The players that we didn't give tuppence for, you know, weeks ago, you know, are, are at least contributing. You've seen the other night, Sam Lammers, you know, he's obviously, he's, he's scratching for forum. Phillips trying to give him confidence, but then he pops up with a, a, a smashing goal. You know, and, and the type of goal where you go, you know, we've heard this phrase before, there's a player in there. Possibly, <laughs> you know, Rossi's, you know, Rossi's Mr. Sakala, who, you know, but I've just think when Ross mentioned that as well, you know, fashion did contribute with goals that yeah. we haven't seen it have replaced. You know, a lot of goals when him and Tony Cholak's goals go at the side, and if it wasn't for Ab- Abdallah Seema, who's not our player, um, where would our season be up to now? So, no, I take it back to Philip, he's he's he. I think he's got back to bases. I mean, I've been on a few pauses early in the season and we were discussing Mick's take on life. And I thought he was, you know, regardless of other people see him as an academic and, you know, a school teacher and all the rest of it, it, it seemed to overcomplicate the message. I think this man has come in, he's seen, he's in the presence of mind. There's obviously there's a big difference between being a coach and being a manager. You know, it's, it's a lot of people. Yeah. And a lot of that's actually seeing, you know, what's, available to you, the resources available to you and being pragmatic. You know, it's all very well, you know, having this grandiose scheme and trying to put it in place and trying to, you know, um, you know, inculcate it in a, a group of players by repetition. You know, it can take months, can, you know, if you get lucky with, with the quality of play you've got, it could take weeks and you can, get, you can get off to a flyer. But I think the overriding aspect I take from certainly Philippe's brief time in charge, five games, 
undefeated four factories as it seems that he's he's got a clarity of message and I think he's, he's, his post-match point, uh, comments uh, I listened to and he says that you know he's got leaders in the in the dressing room so he's obviously he's trying to um, get a feeling for getting guys on his side and he's saying that they're, 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 um, they're getting on, on the page you know in terms of the story so I think he's simplified it and I think so far so good and um, the upcoming game uh, during the week against Sparta will, will tell us how far we're, we've came in a short space of time so you know more power to him and uh, it looks as though we've, we've got purpose now and we look we look as though we can create and we can be dangerous whereas there was other we, there was times we were watching a Michael Beale side where Rangers could have been playing at 10 o'clock at night and they couldn't have scored or they couldn't yeah. have fashioned you know clear cut chances where it was easy to score than miss now it looks as though there's a bit of potency I think it's still to come it's early days but it's uh, there's, there's reasons for cautious optimism Put it that that's way. it cautious optimism is a very good way of putting it um, he, he has a presence you know, I mean, he, 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 when he speaks, you listen. You know, he, he has a presence. He, his, he's a, his economy of words, and that's not something I've ever been accused of, but his economy of words is very interesting because because of that, you listen to what he says. You, 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 he, he has a point to everything he says. He says it for a reason. And I think, and maybe unfairly, I think Beal was often criticised because he spoke too much. He said a lot without saying a great deal at times. And, and I think that, that you know, um, simplifying the message, as you said, David, is um, is sometimes what you need to do with with professional football players. You know, don't make this too complicated. You know, try and keep this as simple as you can. They're more economical with the ball, John. I don't, I don't know if, that, that's glaring to me. You know, there's there's yeah. needless work on the ball under Michael Beale has been, you know, if not eradicated, it's been it's been massively reduced in yeah. the short time that he's been here. So that that you would you know, I think you you would be forgiven for extrapolating and joining the dots and saying you know he's obviously simplifying the message and he's trying to you know square pegs for or sorry round pegs for round holes and don't don't overcomplicate the message you know and just you know get keep things relatively simple and then build you know as you know you make solid foundations and then you know we can maybe um, how would you put it. You can uh, embellish, shall we say, as, yeah. as, as, as you get results and you get confidence. And, you know, he, he, know, he knows all too well, having been in the, 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 a similar situation, you know, uh, uh, only a couple of sides that can really make a dent in, a, in the, the Belgian league that he knows that he's not got much room for error and he's got to, you know, he can't afford any slip ups before uh, the next old firm game at Parkhead. So, you know. Let's just hope that he keeps going the similar vein and the players to laugh for him. Yeah, it's interesting because you kind of touched upon it there because of what he said afterwards. The senior players, Goldson, Lundstrom, Tav, Butland, um, Butland, these guys have, um, these guys are playing well. These guys have suddenly, you know, I think I don't know if it was yourself or Ross that mentioned that you know, you know, Goldson had a had a good game today. Goldson played well, played well during the week. Um, you know, Goldson's always, you know, he's always a seven, eight out of ten. But but you know, uh, earlier in the season there was there was mistakes keeping in and things. Um, and it, I'm assuming it's deliberate. You know, you get the senior players on side, then then that um, that certainly helps you make any changes you need to make. Um, but it's certainly a clever thing to do because. You know, that's that's if those are the guys controlling the dressing room, and that's what, what he needed to change right away. So, um, yeah, like you, uh, you don't want to get carried away. We've been here before. You know, Van Bronckhurst came in, and, and and very quickly we all felt, wow, you know, this is great. You know, the style of football we're playing, and um, getting to European finals, and and it fell apart quite quickly after that. Uh, and then we saw some of them with with Beal. I mean, lest we forget, he he did pretty well at the start. Um, the team was playing well and, and competitive, um, and uh, and again, it, it, but unfortunately, it all kind of fell apart. So well, let's see. But we're, we're cautious optimism is, I think, that's the that's the watchword. I think we'll go forward with that. Um, okay, I'm going to change the subject. Let's move on from from today and just pick up on, on something that happened through the week. Um, there was a lot of talk of of flares and pyrotechnics. And I know. 
Um, David and I, when we hear talk of flares, we're assuming that it's about fashion. We're assuming they're talking about the trousers that perhaps neither of us have worn for, for, for three or four decades. Um, but, but of course, it, it wasn't that. It's about the pyrotechnics. Um, the game was held up on, on Wednesday. Um, Dundee Football Club, the police, um, the SPFL have all criticised Rangers for it. Most journalists in the land have had a go at us. Um, and I read on Thursday or Friday that there's going to be a government summit on the subject. A summit now. A summit is much more important than a meeting. Um, a meeting is a minor thing. We're going to have a summit about it because clearly there's nothing else going on in the world to talk about. Um, Ross, I'll come to you first, but I'm going to speak to both of you about this. Um, where do you stand on this? Um, where do you stand in the, the, the whole pyrotechnics at the match and, and things um, of that? Where, where are you on that? Um, uh, probably straight down the middle. Shouldn't have done it. Shouldn't do it. It's not the end of the world. Um, it, of course, it is dangerous, um, but potentially dangerous. I mean, pyrotechnics of flares and, and the like that are happening at football grounds all over the world on a weekly basis. And the reports of people actually exploding are very rare. So... Spontaneous combustion remains remains rare, yes. Yeah, so potentially dangerous. Um, potentially dangerous, more so in the hands of idiots who can throw them or fire them off in a certain direction. Thankfully, that is very rare. Um, but you can, of course, see why they have no place at football. It does look good, I have to admit. You know, the photos from, from Dens looked fantastic. I have to but, say, my, my 17-year-old son... Um, said that that is the best picture he's ever seen of um, Scottish football. Um, yeah. You know, now, you know, he's maybe a bit more of the age group that would be impressed by those types of things, but, um, you know, his voice is as valid as mine, I suppose. Yeah, and, and there's a couple of things there as well. He's also of a demographic that Rangers need to try and capture and hold because it's so much easier nowadays to support Man City or, or Real Madrid or whoever. Um, so it's difficult because they shouldn't they shouldn't do it they shouldn't be there they shouldn't have been able to get that many flares in you know if, yeah. if it is, and certainly by the way if the game had been delayed for 45 minutes so it's not as if the security staff were in a rush to get people into their seats they had a bit of time they could have done a, a few more checks no it, uh, it shouldn't have happened and it shouldn't happen uh, but it's not the end of the world you know, it, 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 it's not as big a problem as is being made out. And I, I think to have a summit about it, which I presume is just a meeting with catering. Um, <laughs> I don't, uh, it, it just oh, it's much more like, important than that, Ross. It's such a, what a waste of time. What are, you, what, what are a group of politicians who don't go to football matches? Well, what are they going to No, of course not. What are you going to achieve sitting in a, a meeting room in Holyrood saying how badly behaved some 18 year old boys were i mean it's it that i think is just is just pathetic at a time where there's so much else going on in in, in scotland in the uk in the world to have a government summit to have people's time wasted to discuss that and i, I imagine if if ever the minutes of that summit were made public the minutes would say oh that's terrible the, the flares that's all that's really awful nothing we can do about it though Scottish football also, on a sort of a wider point, Scottish football doesn't have a lot going for it. So I can see why fans would try and create a bit more excitement and make it look a bit more glamorous and try and make us, you know, we also, I think, we like to, we being Scottish football fans, like to try and differentiate ourselves from England as much as possible. The Premier League is now a, a tourist attraction. You see that yeah. with the half and half scarves and the tickets going for £500 to a match to sit in the front row and get a selfie. And um, We are trying, I think, to differentiate ourselves and show that we're a much more pure product. We're a much more probably old-fashioned product and a more, um, maybe a slightly grittier product. And I think in a lot of ways that there's not just Rangers, but there's uh, maybe it's ultras groups or whatever around lots of clubs in Scotland that are trying to almost make our fan culture a bit more European and or South American 
it's a bit more wild, it's a bit more exciting, and it's so different to that sanitized product that you have down the road. So it's a bit. I think it, it also stems from a bit of a rejection of Premier League and consumerism and, and the whole against modern football thing. Um, so it's a long-winded way of, of kind of saying it's daft and they shouldn't do it and it is dangerous. I can see why they do it. And if they're doing it, you know, we are, we're talking about 16 to 25-year-old lads. A bunch of politicians telling them to stop is not going to stop them. So just, it's, it's not the end of the world and I'm, I'm not, I, I'm not going to get too upset about it. Yeah. David, you said earlier, like me, you were at Home Park yesterday, in which case you would have seen that there are the Bankies Ultras um, who had their drum, their drum on their flags yesterday. There's not too many of them, and I don't think any of them had flares. But um, where do you kind of stand in this, David? You, you're of a similar age to me. Um, you can remember when, you know, 16 to... Um, 20-year-old males going to football went for a fight. Um, and that was what you did uh, as part of the football experience. And thankfully, that side of it seems to have, have changed a little bit and, and um, they, they divert themselves into um, the Union Bears and these kind of things. And I have to say, without them, Ibrooks would be very, very quiet. Um, uh, you know, that again is a thing that's changed from when I was going to Rangers games um, and, and at that age group. Um, yeah, I mean, where do you stand in this, David? You're like a marginally old guy like me. Um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to be boring here. I, I'm, I'm down the middle at Ross. I've, I, I'm, you know, it, it's obviously a spectacle. Um, it's obviously a potential hazard. Um, it's a difficult one. Uh, I can, I can see why you're. Son uh, thought it was quite uh, something to see, you know, and, and there will be, you know, there'll be pictures getting um, being sold uh, around the, the, the various um, blats of the world um, showing that in their sports sections, I, I dare say. So, is, does that um, raise the profile of Scottish football in a good way? You know, probably not. If you depend on what, what hat you're putting on, if you're putting on your, your middle-aged Melvin hat, then probably not. Um, if you're putting on your young team hat, then undoubtedly yes. Uh, it's uh, it's a difficult one. I, I, if I could digress slightly and take the, the political side of it, um, you know, it, it seems you, know, you could put the kettle on for for Rangers uh, instigating a government sub. You know, you know other clubs um, who are, are far more um, yeah. obnoxious <laughs> in terms of what the you know what their fans groups do as a spectacle. Um, seemingly don't merit um, you know at this kind of um, scrutiny. Uh, so there's that side which is you know pretty boring and I mean we've been here long enough in the tooth the three of us to know that that's that's sadly you know a very very tedious side to Scottish society far less you know the Scottish football scene um, I've been at various games throughout my, my football and uh, supporting life and sometimes flag waving can be as much of a a health hazard, you know, taking out eyes and what have you, than, than, than flares that are, that are obviously, you know, have a bit more um, of a, in your, you know, uppermost in your mind danger, you know, where you've obviously got to be, you know, um, quite uh, circumspect about how you, how you wave them about. Um, I, it's it's a it's a hard one, John. I, I would tend to tend to think if, if if no one's getting injured, and you know they're not setting off fire alarms. You know, obviously the the, the Bob Shankly stand at Dens Park is you know quite a quite a small enclosed space. But I seem to recall that the Union Bears um, had a, a similarly spectacular pyro effort at Easter Road last season, which obviously didn't trigger fire alarms and didn't stop games and what have you. So. Uh, it's difficult. I, I'm going to sound completely irresponsible here, but if if, if no one's hurt, you know, there's, uh, yeah. you're no kicking flares into, into fans in the manner that a certain 
former uh, Dundee player did. <laughs> then I, I don't see the harm in it, but as Ross rightly said, I mean, to, to be serious uh, for a second, then it's, it's obviously it's, it's it can present a hazard, especially the um, the police and the, and the you know the emergency services. So, aye, it's, it's a hard one. The manager's came out and said that he, he doesn't really um, he'd like he'd prefer it not to be there, but he's obviously saying that with his politicians how and so. But we'll see what comes about. I'd, if it wouldn't surprise me, if Rangers were signaled, uh, singled out in it. Um, however, equally, you know, I'd like to think that common sense would be applied, and you know that some sort of accommodation, you know, the softly, softly approach where um, uh, fans aren't demonised anymore than they've been um, up to now, and the, the current climate of Scottish football, and the, 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 you know, there's maybe a bit more uh, discretion is exercised by, by the, the ultras groups, shall we say, across the board, not just not just with, in the, with regards to Rangers. Yeah, yeah, I did feel that, um, you know, I thought it was a bit handy to, to have a go at, at, at Rangers supporters when um, there's perhaps been uh, some other groups uh, of Scottish team supporters who have been um, significantly more um, offensive uh, in, in recent times. But uh, anyway, we'll see. Um, I mean, the thing about it is, it is already illegal. You're not supposed to bring these into football grounds. There's no point in having a summit. It's a stupid thing. It's a, it's a thing done for show. You know, the police already have powers. The stewards already have powers. They can take these from people. They can stop them coming in. Um, the fact they didn't is embarrassing for Dundee, and it's embarrassing for the, the police of Dundee. At the same time, it looked great. And it's certainly the most exciting thing that's happened in Dundee since Paul Brun won the pools. Um, it, 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 you know, it, it looked amazing, and um, I, you know, I think I suspect there'll be a little more circumspect for a wee while um, with the flares. But um, there was that occasion. I think it was before. I can't remember. It was maybe before the, the Dortmund game, or maybe before the Leipzig game, where, where they went along the, the Clyde uh, and they let the flares. Out. I mean, I was I didn't see it live, but I, I saw it. Um, somebody videoed it and, and showed it, and it was went along both sides of the Clyde. It looked amazing. You know, it really was a spectacle, and, and you know, I think you have to weigh these things up, as, as as Ross rightly points out. You know, Scottish football, even today, that wasn't you know the Hearts End wasn't sold out. You know, they have to do something to um, to increase the spectacle, and, and if something can be done along the way, or we are doing that, that um, doesn't you know cause danger for people, and I, I would be all for it. Look, very very quickly, um, we're running out of time. A big game through the week, guys. Um, Sparta Prague at home. That'll be a much harder challenge than, than today's game or Wednesday nights. Um, very quickly, what's your mood going into this um, another big European night at, football, at Ibrox? Potentially the, the pivotal game in the group. Um, you know, what's your mood going into it, David? What's your feeling? Oh, let the rest of a go. I'm going to ask him as well. Don't worry. All right. Uh, what's my mood? Um... Hey, after today's results, again, I'll be, I'll be yeah, quietly optimistic. Uh, I read during the week there that um, Sparta are expected to, to have a couple of their, their mainstays out of the team. They've all that spring games and you know stories been planted. I don't know, but like, uh, Rangers are, are going in the right direction. Um, the mood amongst the support, more importantly, is you know the buoyancy levels are, are increasing game on game so I'd like to think that the fans will turn up and the players will turn up uh, John and we can we can get a result we obviously two if we, if we win our next sorry if we win our next two home games then we're obviously going to be guaranteed uh, football after Christmas so it's all to play for and um, to hop back to, to a couple of Thursdays back uh, you know obviously we made Sparta Prague look like uh, Real Madrid on roids for <laughs> 50 minutes um, and you know certainly 45 anyway and, and the manager obviously you know get the iPads out and showed uh, the players what they were, they were doing wrong and they obviously you know he nailed that down quite quickly so uh, similarly he's obviously learned in the you know, having seen Hearts up close, you know, they managed to kind of limit Lauren Shanklin to very, very little participation in the game today. Um, so, if that's saying to go by, then uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to think that we could possibly look forward to a positive result on Thursday night. Ross, 
Very quickly. Positive, negative, or are you still down the middle? No, I'm I'm fairly confident actually. We as as has been said already tonight, we are getting better game by game. And you can you can literally see the improvements every single game. Um so I, I don't think we've got anything to fear. I think we we let ourselves down, of course, against um against Limassol, but we are still in a strong position. Uh, there's there's no reason to fear Sparta Prague. You know, obviously we got a good result against them a couple of years ago. Uh, I don't think they're necessarily any better than they were back then. Uh, I I think we have have every right to feel optimistic going into this. There you go. So, I, I mean, I don't. I've got to be honest with you. I'm not optimistic. I'm never optimistic. But I tell you what, I am. I'm looking forward to it. And I wasn't looking forward to games five six weeks ago. And I'm looking forward to seeing Rangers play again just now. And I think that's the biggest compliment I can pay to come on. Guys, thanks for giving up your Sunday night and coming along and, and joining us today and, and saying my inanities. Um, just remain, remains for me to just remind everybody that uh, net. if you are watching live and you want to watch again to catch up on those all those little bits that you missed, um, Acast, iTunes, YouTube, CastBox, Stitcher or Spotify. Um, there will be a pod next Friday and there will be a pod next Sunday. Um, and I, you know, I said I did preparation for this. One of the things I didn't prepare for was to find out who will be presenting those pods. I don't have a clue who's doing it. So follow Frankie um, on Jersnet uh, on Twitter uh, and he'll give you updates on that. Um, and I suspect, although again, I'm not 100% sure, but I suspect there will probably be um, a pre and post-match pod uh, around a Sparta game. Um, and uh, let's hope we're all smiling for that. Um, lastly, uh, if I can just thank Forest Precision Engineering again for their support uh, and to David and Ross for joining me tonight. Thanks very much, guys, and, and I hope we keep smiling for the rest of the week.